Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sorry, I was just putting some finishing finishing touches on Gwen and Chris, and now I'm ready for the Scraby Show. Hello and welcome into the Scraby Show here on 97.3 The Fan. If you want to follow me on social media, you can at Matt Scraby. If you want to watch the proceedings, you can. You just need to go to YouTube, type in, search for 97.3 The Fan. And while you're there, subscribe to the YouTube channel because uh, we are getting more and more people subscribing. And also, we are going to put, start putting up more and more content throughout the baseball season. So I am excited for that. Like hearing Jesse call that Manny Machado home run in the, um, we call it the legal, the legal ID there. It gets me excited. It puts me in that same space of baseball that we were, that we, that like summer brings that just feel knowing that there's baseball on that. There's knowing that there's Padres on. It just is a, it's a comforting feeling for me. I'm, I, I used to not really be that big into the feels of baseball, but I, I like it now. I've been working here for almost six years now and it's just part of my life. Baseball, summer day, all that good stuff. So I uh, am really looking forward to getting the Padres season underway. Number one, because we'll have a lot to talk about. And number two, because we'll know what the roster is going to look like. The roster, I'm going to go a little bit easier on the roster. Because it is, as Tony and Chris have said, Jesse said it yesterday as well, the roster is incomplete. And so we can't really judge the season ahead based upon the roster as much as I want to do that, as much as I want to jump ahead and think I already know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. So I think that the, uh, I have to just be a little bit more patient. And I know that there are not many people out there that have much patience left, but February 11th is when pitchers and catchers report for duty for the Padres. And so I I really, I really hope, hope and pray that we are talking about some good additions to the team throughout spring training. Sam Levitt is in the chat. And I got to say, Sammy loves something nice about me on X last night. And I appreciate that. I also came across a Sammy Lev post. Excuse me. 
on X today after the news that Wandy Peralta has been signed by the Padres to a four-year, $16.5 million deal with three opt-outs. We'll get into that in just a second. But Sam said this, while there are still obvious questions about the Padres roster, A.J. Preller has done two things very nicely. Build a bullpen that could be a huge strength, acquire plenty of pitching depth that could be utilized throughout the year, and still potentially more moves to make. And that is why Sam Levitt is a smart guy, because he understands what is what AJ Preller is doing right right here and that is to build up the arms in the bullpen which we've talked about before and many times you can never have enough pitching and you never know when the bullpen's going to have an injury so bringing in these guys and bringing them to uh, or uh, making them making the bullpen the most complete position or the second most complete position after infield is a good move. You can never be mad at good pitching. And they, they say it all the time. It's um, uh, they say it all the time. And I can't remember what, what it is that they say. Oh, defense wins championships. And so pitching is defense. And I agree pitching, good pitching will counteract good hitting any day because it's just so much harder to be a hitter than it is to be a pitcher. Because, you know, the pitcher knows what's coming. Tony would tell you it's way harder to be a hitter than it is a pitcher. But with Wandy Peralta coming in, there's a couple tentacles that we'll talk about in the second segment. If you have any thoughts about this, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. If you have any thoughts about where they're at now, where you want to see them go, and uh, what you think about bringing in Wandy Peralta what 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 is their what is their um what how are they going to use this going forward because i was talking to my boss adam earlier today and we were talking about is this maybe a clue to their strategy this season and i'll get into that a little bit more in the second segment but i i i think that there is something to this and i'll just say i was shot down on Gwyn and chris for this not in a mean way but I'll I'll get into it a little bit more here in about 10 minutes or so, maybe 10, 15 minutes. But I think there is something to glean from the move made today. So stick around for that. It's time to get caught up on the latest with the news of the day. All right. Um, I'm trying to read the chat. I'm trying to... Get my computer situated at the same time. So thank you very much for everybody sticking with me here on 97.3 The Fan. Now, the first news story of the day, we just said it. The Padres made a deal, and they signed Wandy Peralta, a left-handed reliever. Four years, $16.5 million million deal with three opt-outs. I think this is a really good move for the Padres. He is a solid pitcher, and he's a solid lefty pitcher that they're going to need in the bullpen. So they made a really good move, I think, by bringing him in. Not the move that I think all of us thought was going to happen. I didn't expect to wake up today and say Wandy Peralta uh, I, I, Wandy Peralta was going to sign with the Padres. I didn't expect that, but... It makes sense. And these are the moves that I think AJ Preller is going to need to I think he's going to need to uh make more of these. These these smallish deals that are full of value. And if Wandy Peralta comes and does what he's been doing the last couple years, then it's going to be a good move for the Padres. They're going to be paying very 
um, limited, or they're, they're going to be paying limited salary on him. So the three opt-outs is what is interesting. Uh, Tony said that was unique earlier, but I feel like this is just kind of making the player feel a little bit more comfortable because maybe he wasn't getting more on the open market. But he now, if he has a great year, he can go ahead and opt out after the year and he'll be able to go test the market again. The the problem, I, I like that they're giving some flexibility in the contract because it will probably bring more players to the Padres without knowing that they aren't going to be locked into, say, a four, five, six-year deal. But I, I, uh, I don't... I don't know that it's good for this reason because we've already seen this. We saw this with Seth Lugo. We saw this with Michael Walker. We saw this with Nick Martinez. They ha- they all had options too, and the Padres got them on a pretty good deal last year. But this year, it's they don't have those guys because they pit- they outpitched their contract and they outpitched what the Padres are going to have to pay them if they accepted t- to play for the team this year. So if this is something that's going to happen every single year, I mean, that's kind of exhausting on the front office. But I would hope to see more of these guys stay. That would mean to me, at least, that the Padres are doing pretty well. And so we'll see how that goes with Wandy Peralta. But three opt-outs is very interesting. So after the first year, he doesn't feel like he can make more money. He'll stay with the team, make his money, and then try again the next year. So, again, player-friendly deals, I think, are the is the word that I should be using or the phrase I should be using. And on top of that, not another signing, but Annie Halbren, uh, uh, I guess co-host, I was trying to look for that word in my head, co-host of Annie and Elston, was uh, talking to some people today, and she talked to Tommy Pham. She said Pham told her the Padres were interested in him at the trade deadline last season, and he maintains a good relationship with A.J. Preller. He also... Uh, doesn't he wouldn't mind coming back to the Padres. And so we've been talking about that a little bit today. I'm curious to see if anybody has any thoughts on the phones. But I wouldn't mind having Tommy Fan back with the Padres. I know there are some things off the field, and I know he's kind of rough around the edges. But he's a good baseball player, and I think they would benefit from having a guy like this. I, I think that Tommy Fan can help bring that little bit of an edge to the team. Granted, we have already seen Tommy Pham in a Padres uniform and how his, you know, leadership style is. So maybe there would be a conversation that he needs to be more of a leader. I don't know how that goes. But now Tommy Pham is a good addition to the Padres. And if they were to go get him, I wouldn't be mad at it. Tommy Pham is maybe even the reason that the Diamondbacks are in the World Series. Not all of the reason, but... When they acquired him at the trade deadline, the Diamondbacks went crazy and they ended up going all the way to the World Series. And Tommy Fan was a huge, huge, huge part of that. Uh, all right, let's go to our next one. And I hit the wrong button. Number two. Now, we didn't really talk about it yesterday. I wanted some more information. We got some more information. The Orioles have been sold to a group, an investor group, that has some pretty big names in it. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr., Grant Hill are part of that group. Also, New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg and former Baltimore Mayor Kurt Schmoke. They are all part of a group that is buying the Orioles for $1.7 billion. It's headed by Baltimore native David Rubenstein and co-founder. he's the co-founder of the Carlisle Group. There's a lot more investors, but the Angelos family, who's owned the team for a while, 
kind of hinted at this, I think, uh, in the middle of last year. Fans were getting kind of um, worried that one day they're not going to be able to re-sign all their young players like uh, um, Adley Rutschman, uh, who else am I, Gunnar Henderson, guys like that on their team. And so he was kind of saying, hey, fans, pump the brakes a little bit. We might not be able to sign all these guys. And so they kind of sort of showed their hand a little bit that maybe they are looking to get out of the baseball business. And now they are definitely out of the baseball business. They've ran the team for the past three decades, and they're selling the controlling stake for $1.725 billion. Can't even imagine what $1.725 billion looks like in a bank account. Wow. That would be that would be a dream world, honestly. But good for the Orioles. I think this is a good thing for baseball. I think this is a good thing for Orioles fans. I feel like the, this ownership group is going to spend some money and they're going to be able to keep the team together. So it's not always a bad thing when ownership changes in a sport. And if a team is going to be like the A's and not spend money, we don't want them. I don't want them, at least. Number three. Uh, The number three news story of the day so far, Iowa basketball, women's basketball, Caitlin Clark took the number two spot on the all-time scoring list. So she is actually there playing right now, and Caitlin Clark was able to overtake um, Kelsey Mitchell of Ohio State. 3,402 points was Kelsey Mitchell, but... uh, Caitlin Clark was able to break that record with 458 left in the second quarter. She's now down um, less, or, you know, I'm not going to do the math in my head, but she is in reach of score or of the scoring um, leader. Sorry, I'm trying to do this math. I don't even know why I'm trying to do this math, but the NCAA career scoring record is held by Washington's Kelsey Plum. 3,527 points. So she's got like 120-something points to go. I think she's going to do it. I think she's going to do it. Uh, Caitlin Clark is very exciting. I've watched a couple of her games. Very good basketball player. And she is, you know, doing historic things in women's basketball. and Bringing a lot of attention to women's basketball as well. And so I don't think that could be discounted. Because women's basketball needs, needs good attention. And Caitlin Clark is definitely bringing eyeballs towards women's basketball and women's college basketball. All right, that is it for the news of the day. We're going to get the break. When we get back, I have a few phone calls on the line. I'm going to get to you guys in the break, but we're also we're just going to chat about the Padres and see where it's going with this um, maybe an opener strategy. Is that what we're looking at? We'll talk about it when we get back here on 97.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back here in the Odyssey Palace, 97.3 The Fan, The Scraby Show. I'm Matt Scraby. Thank you for joining me here tonight. We're talking Padres. We're, we're basically talking everything so far today, but the Padres did make some news, and uh, I wanted to just quickly say what I think they're possible plan is going forward and that would be to maybe go the route of the Rays where they have a lot of relievers and they have right now they have a rotation that's kind of light and not to say that they're not going to fill out the rotation but it seems like they really want to bolster the the bullpen in the middle part of the game so maybe we see a little bit more of starting pitchers go shorter in the game and we bring in some of these guys that are in the bullpen. But at the same time, we've also said that isn't doesn't necessarily work all the time. Because I think you do need starting pitchers that go deep into games. I think you do need pitchers that have the ability to shut down an entire team for nine innings or eight innings or seven innings. I don't think you can survive on going with a bullpen approach each and every day, which they're not going to because they have you Darvish. They have Joe Musgrove. They have Michael King. So they have starting pitchers, but maybe they're going to, in the beginning part of the year, see what they got in the bullpen and feel out the rotation. And maybe that's some sort of plan. Same with spring training. They're going to have a lot of time to figure that out in spring training as well, but it's, interesting how many relievers the Padres have brought in rather than bats or anything like that. All right, let's go to actually, uh, let's go to Eric here in San Diego. Eric, you are on the Scraby Show. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me, Scraby. I love the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. You were saying something to me in the break kind of based off of the bullpen work. So what were you saying? Uh, I'm thinking that the Padres are strongly They're strongly hinting that we are going to be relying on starting pitching, guys like uh, Michael King, uh, hopefully uh, a nice, healthy Joe Musgrove, hopefully you Darvish has a healthier season. But uh, most importantly, that bullpen. Um, I'm thinking, well, I'm not thinking. It clearly shows that we're really betting on our starting lineup. Uh, As far as uh, the hitting goes, we're really betting on Tatis. Yeah. We're really betting on Machado, uh, Bogarts, uh, Hassan Kim, hopefully he stays, and Cronenworth to really just turn it around. Um, a very unpopular opinion, but what I will say is I'm, I'm kind of happy that Juan Soto's gone. He was great, generational talent, a Ted Williams kind of guy. But what I will say is there was a lot of instances last season where we got a guy on second, man on first, and he takes the walk. Uh, I'm, as as we all know, we all love home runs. We all wanted Juan Soto to be the Juan Soto of uh, of years past, but I just felt like he just took too many walks. We had Trent Grisham last year who was really battling to 
uh, you know, keep above a 200 batting average. So now that we got a couple of pieces kind of out of our uh, of our batting lineup, I'm I'm really I'm really hoping that the pitching keeps us afloat and that our guys just really turn it around uh, with the sticks. Uh, that's all I got, Scravy. Hey, thank you, Eric, for calling and thank you for listening to the show and the station. Uh, I I agree with you on the fact that they are clearly showing us that they value their pitching right now more than they value some, I guess, some of the options on the market for hitters. And I, I think that the guys that they've brought in here, the bullpen guys, I think it's uh, it's it's showing that they would like guys that have a track record um, outside of those that were traded with Juan Soto. But they would like guys that have a track record. They would like to know what they're getting into with a guy. And it's not going to be. It's not going to be so much of throwing out a uh, someone who was pulled up from AAA and not really knowing how they're going to perform at the big league level. But it's it's an interesting, I think, trend that we need to pay attention to because I really thought they were going to sign more hitters this year, and they really haven't signed. I, I can't – off the top of my head right now, I'm blanking on a hitter that they signed, but uh, they have signed multiple bullpen arms. So good call, Eric. Good observation, Eric, and thank you for the phone call. Let's go to – let's go to Mark. Hello, Mark. You're on the screen hey, show. Great. What's up? Hi, how's it going? Good. Uh, so I wanted to talk about how I think a lot of average baseball fans, myself included, forget that baseball is different than the NBA and NFL. You don't necessarily need a ton of MVP, future Hall of Famer on your team or on your roster. In fact, I think history has proven that it actually hurts. Um, you need a bunch of ragtag, no-name, cheap options often found in the middle of the season and my my uh, my example of this is the 2010 world series giants Mm -hmm. 56 years they never won a world series in san francisco you've got all kinds of people with retired names barry bonds willie mays they never won it as that their national league mvp for the uh national the national league championship series was pat burrell Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the World Series MVP was Edgar Renteria. That's Two right. people that probably haven't been mentioned on the radio in quite a long time, That's especially true. in San Diego. <laughs> uh, so I think we in San Diego need to remember, and it's hard because there's we're not seeing even playoff run last year, let alone championships, that we want these big, flashy names. But, I mean, look at the Rangers last year. All you need is a couple pieces. And that 2010 to 2014 run of the SF Giants, only one of them is going to be a Hall of Famer other than Bruce Bochy, and that's Buster Posey. Yeah. Just some thoughts. Also, real quick, you've got to figure out a way to go to the game in Vegas. The Niners <laughs> haven't won since 1994, I'm so aware. it's only going to get more expensive. That's true. It's only going to get more expensive. That's true. Oh, man, you just really made me want to go look at the tickets right now. But thank you for the phone call, Mark. Really, that is something – you explained it way better than I did, quite honestly, because we've been talking about the top-heavy lineup from last year, and I do th- – I was living in the Bay Area at the time that the Giants went to those World Series, and I had a bunch of friends in the Bay Area at the time when the Giants were going to those World Series. And those teams were not, by any means, the best teams in baseball. 
Though the the 2010 team was definitely not one of the best teams in baseball, they kind of just got hot at the right time and, and went through the World Series and ended up beating or ended up winning the World Series. But you're right; it was a lot of cast of supporting players. It wasn't a bunch of superstars. If I go back to find out, like Jonathan Sanchez was in the rotation for the, the Giants. Um, I'm just going to go back to that. 2010 Giants roster real quick and see how many names are the names that we were talking about for the next decade. I mean, guys like Freddie Sanchez on the team. You you said it. Pat Burrell. Aaron Rowan played center field. Nate Shearholtz was in right field. Uh, Aubrey Huff was on the team. Juan Uribe was on the team. So some of these guys are just Travis Ishikawa, um, Benji Molina, Eli Whiteside. Those guys right there are not superstars. And the Giants ended up winning the World Series with that group of people right there. So it can be done, and it has been done. And I think that the more supporting players you bring on to this team, the better the team's going to be. It's not so much on the big-name players to perform each and every night. It would be nice that they performed each and every night, but there's going to be stretches where they don't. They're not going to it, – it's it's easier for them if they have players that are going to be able to step up at certain times and going to be able to come through more, more often than not throughout the season. They don't need to be hitting home runs every time, but they can contribute in other ways, and it can help the Padres – a lot, for lack of a better term. Uh, thank you for the phone call. Back to Juan Soto real quick, and then we're going to get to uh, Sean, or we're going to get to Derek, and then Sean. Sean has an addition for the Caitlin Clark scoring record, so I want to make sure I get to that. But uh, back to the Juan Soto thing with the walks. I understand why people were frustrated with the walks. I 100% get why it's not fun to watch a walk, but. I don't know I can criticize a guy for taking a walk. And I understand it. We all wanted to see three-run home runs. You know, grand slams. I almost called it a four-run home run. Uh, We wanted to see that. But sometimes, and I'm seeing it on the chat right now, Cactus Man, got to just keep the line moving. And that's 100% right. You got to keep the line moving. And that's what Juan Soto was doing. The more guys that get on base, the easier it is to score, I think. I think that's how it works. Maybe not last year with the Padres, but it 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 seems like I I I I talked to so many people that were so upset with Juan Soto for how he handles at bats last year, and maybe I would have liked to see more home runs. But I, I think when you're getting a guy in base, you got to take it every single time. All right, Derek, and then Sean. Derek, hello, you are on the Scraby Show. What's up? Hey, Scraby, how's it going? Good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I appreciate it. Love the show. Thank um, you. It's always nice listening, uh, listening to baseball when you're working. Uh, yeah. But real quick, I just wanted to mention a few things because I feel like A.J. Prowler gets so much hate for the things he's done for the Padres. And, I mean, going back in my early years, like I'm about 30 right now. Okay. And we we couldn't we couldn't bring a prospect that could hit the ball, like, up to the majors. And, granted, there hasn't been too many that have come up, but – he did trade for Tatis. Absolutely got a steal on that. And Campisano, he he's a dime a dozen. If he can hit as well as he was hitting last year, 
Granted, he's mm-hmm. got to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, really believe in, like, him being a long-term contributor as Salas comes up. Don't know what's going to happen there, but, you know, you got you got to uh, – you got to utilize what you got right now. So that's what I think. And then from the Padres' long-term goals perspective, I, I feel like the spending situation is it, it, a lot to do with the flexibility in the international markets more than anything. Um, and then also losing draft picks. Obviously, Keller has invested a ton in scouting. Yeah. Uh, and and because of that, if you don't have the money to get these international prospects, which we've been sign, signing the biggest guy, but – if we have a little bit extra money, he could do a lot more things. And then I, I think it really comes down to Thorpe, uh, Snelling, and Lesko. Uh, it, it's it's a bridge to get to them. Um, one of them is, is definitely going to hit. Uh, you know, it seems like Thorpe is the closest, but Snelling's been throwing gas all year long. And, uh, or I mean, all year long last year. So yeah. hopefully that continues and he's getting better. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to see them. The bullpen, the bullpen situation. Not really sure what's going to be happening there, but you know he's been getting some nice pieces. So if we can get some starters that can eat up four or five innings, like you were saying earlier, completely agree with you. And then lastly, sorry, I know I'm talking no, a lot. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I I really do think Hassan Kim is going to get traded. Mm. I think I, I I think we're going to use that to get you know a back end starter maybe a prospect there, and then move Crone to second, eventually move X to first, and clear up that position for Merrill to go to shortstop. AJ obviously believes in Merrill. He didn't trade him for Soto. He, he clearly loves this guy. So yeah. I, I really think that uh, that's going to be the future of our infield, and, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. All right, well, thank you very much, Derek, for giving us a phone call. And I, I think – I think you're right. AJ Preller does take to take a lot of heat, and, and it's it's mainly the the job position title, general manager of a baseball team. You're going to take heat. He's made. I will say this about AJ Preller is he's not afraid to make a deal, and I think that's important in a GM because you're not holding on to your guys, thinking that you're going to miss out on the trade or you're going to miss out on winning the trade. And AJ Preller makes deals that are supposed to help the team on paper uh, and it doesn't always work that way. And so I, I'm not going to sit here and defend AJ right now. And, but I, I am going to say that I, I do think that his way of being a GM is, is unique. And it's also, it, it, he thinks outside the box because uh, imagine your, your, your boss comes to you and you have a budget of, $200 million and they are $220 million. And then they come to you and they say, Hey, we need to get that budget under $180 million. And by the way, you are already over budget. So you need to cut some more and you need to bring some more guys in that are going to be under our budget number. So, Hey, make that work. Thank you very much. That's not easy. It's not easy to navigate the off season, having to cut money and not really spend any money at all. And so that puts AJ Preller in a bind. And I would like, I'm sure once spring training starts, we're going to hear from someone in the front office, but I want to know what the plan is going forward with the payroll. And I don't know that they'll ever tell us, but I do want to know what they are looking at next year and what they're looking at in the future, because I really think that AJ probably can do nice work 
if he has a little bit of money to spend. All right. Thank you for those phone calls. Now, Sean in San Diego. Sean wanted to talk about Caitlin Clark. She's the Iowa basketball player. now number two on the scoring list of all time. So, Sean, tell me that fact that you were telling. Let me start that over. Tell me that fact you were sharing earlier. <laughs> well, it's kind of fascinating. If you look and, and uh, wait, I are, hear are you this okay all the time. Or, I grew up in you, Iowa. So I, oh, there you go. There you go. I was going to say, are you okay with all it's that? It's all people? over my. Are you there? Yes. Yes. Can I'm you sorry. hear me? Yes. Okay. Anyway, so I see it all the time because all of my friends are Iowa fans, and so they're posting it. And the most fascinating thing of all of this is she's averaging over 30 points a game. So if she finishes the season at this pace, she will pass the men's leader. And the men's leader is from 1970, and it's Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete. So it's – go ahead, Pistol Pete. Now – that being said, she's already passed Larry Bird. She's already passed everybody else who played in college that was a high scorer. But the amazing thing about Pete Maravich that nobody can touch is he did his 3,666 points in 88 games. Wow. That's a lot of points. And all of these, all of these other ones are 120, 130, 140. You know, and, and uh, what did I see? Antoine. Anyway, she's about to pass. Um, the, the last, the only one that came close to Pete Maravich was in 2018. And, uh, he, he was, even he was, you know, 20 points behind it. So anyway, just kind of an interesting thing. She will become, if, if she stays on track, she will become the most scoring college athlete, basketball athlete in history, not just woman. Yeah. Thank you, Sean, for that. That is that is a that is a wild. Anytime something, it's what twenty twenty four nineteen seventy. Even I can do the math. That's fifty four years. Anytime something hasn't happened for fifty plus years, it's pretty incredible. Especially now with how how hard it is to take over a game like she's been doing. She's great. If you haven't seen a game with uh, Caitlin Clark, you should go watch one because she's fun to watch. And I'm sure that the championship game this year. I, I wonder if they're going to play LSU which the Angel Reese, I'm not really sure what's going on with Angel Reese right now, but I, I knew there was some drama early in the year. Anyway, you should watch a little bit of Kate and Clark. At least go to YouTube and check it out. Uh, real quick, Brock said on the chat, I would rather have a walk over a three-strike K, get on base, and let your teammates bring you in. That's what I'm feeling, Brock. That's what I'm feeling. But not everybody's feeling that. All right, when we get back, we are going to... Wrap up some of this Padres conversation. We are also going to uh, do the daily gripe. But I have to say something about this Brittany Mahomes situation that happened over the weekend. And I I can't believe it, but I'm going to stand up for her. So all of that next on the Scraby Show, 97.3 The Fan. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The San Diego Legion is hosting a special rugby match between the All Blacks and Fiji in July, and they are running a special presale offer until 6 p.m. tomorrow. Get your special All Blacks versus Fiji presale code with the purchase of Legion season tickets at sdlegion.com. I have uh, 
I think I've said this before, but when I was in college, I tried rugby once because I was a football player in high school. Number one, very different sport, obviously. And number two, I realized that I didn't like to get hit without the pads on. The pads were everything for me when I was playing football. Helped me to not feel like such a wimp. Yeah. We are talking about the Padres. We are talking about the bullpen bolstering that happened today with Wandy Peralta being signed by the Padres for a four-year deal, $16.5 million. We're also talking about Caitlin Clark taking over the second spot on the women's scoring list in college basketball. And uh, I can't remember who was saying this in the chat, but they were saying the, the leader of all time, men and women, is Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete Maravich. And he didn't even have a three-point line. I'm hoping that's right. I believe that's right. But that is incredible that he didn't even have a three-point line. And he is at the top. And he's held the record for over 50 years. That is insane. Just completely insane to me. We're also talking about Tommy Pham. Would you want Tommy Pham back on the team? He's still out there. He's a serviceable baseball player. He may have some past with the Padres fans. But I think people can get over it. I'm not sure. I know I can. I uh, I would gladly take Tommy Pham right this moment because it's better than what they got in left field now. Yes, they have no one in left field right now. All right, let's go back to the phones because during the break, John called in and he had a really great point about this bullpen situation. So, John and Carlsbad, you're on the Scraby Show. What's going on? Hey, Scrabe, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so I just, um, you guys touched on something earlier that made me want to call in, and that is that, uh, the one the one area that AJ did not address last year, uh, which is why we lost so many games, uh, was the bullpen. We lost actually. I, I wrote it down. We lost 24 games last year that we actually had the lead going into the seventh inning. 24 games. All we had to do was win three more games, and we were a wild card team. We make the playoffs. And and the thing with Soto, I, I actually think the the Padre lineup is going to be fine this year. Because um, even though he had a really high OPS and he, you know, he has a really good on-base percentage, his situational hitting was horrible last year. Like he walked when we needed a base hit or a double, you know, uh, up the gap uh, to to drive some runs in, and he was horrible in that situation in the situational hitting last year. Um, so I think what AJ is doing this year now, he might be going too far, you know, to one side in addressing the bullpen, but. He's going to make sure, you know, he wants to make sure this year that uh, that we do have a strong bullpen because that was the weakest point of our team last year. And on the Tommy Pham thing, um, I'd give him a shot, either that or I'd like to see Bellinger out there if Bellinger's still available. He's definitely still available. Thank you, John, for the phone call. Uh, he's definitely still available. I don't know that the Padres are going to be willing to pay him as much as he wants because reportedly he wants like $200 million. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what's being out there. But John made a great point. And that is that AJ is trying to improve on a part of their game that wasn't as good last year. And I do remember, you know, once he said it to me that they had lost 24 games in the seventh inning or later, it it all came flooding back. All those emotions of those games came flooding back because I can't even tell you how many times Chris and I were doing the post post game show and it was just depressing. It was dark. And it was after those games where they had a lead and then they give up the lead. It, it Or those games, like, I, I think I specifically remember the Royals 
at Petco during a day game last year where the Padres, I believe, on several, maybe two separate occasions had the bases loaded with at least one out or less, and they weren't able to drive anyone in. And I know we're talking about pitching here, but I'm just saying, like, late in the game, we couldn't count on the Padres to make a comeback, and it was because the pitching staff, the Padres' bullpen, were letting them back in the games. Now, it wasn't every single game, but... I I do think that there is some sort there is value in this uh the bullpen that the Padres have right now because you're going to be less worried about losing late games and you know less worried about having to make comebacks each and every day because the bullpen gave up some runs in a in a tight spot. Uh I I again, I got to give credit to improving something. Now, yes, there were other parts of the team that definitely took a hit and there's no other way around it. But you got to improve something, so I'm happy that they're at least improving the bullpen situation. And like I said earlier in the show, it was it, it, I said earlier in the show that um, if you have confidence, maybe I didn't say it tonight, but if you have confidence in your bullpen and you have confidence in who you're throwing out there, you're going to end up willing yourself to a couple victories at least. Because you have that confidence. And last year when there were certain guys that came out, I see Nick Martinez in the chat. Uh, Nick Martinez did. He had some He had some uh, issues. He really, at times, was a pitcher that we couldn't count on. And it, it went for a couple of those guys last year. But this year, if maybe one of those guys goes into a, a lull, they'll have another guy step up. And again, maybe this is just what's in front of them. And they have to be going this bullpen route because they're not finding any position players that are worth bringing in for the price that they want. And I really can't wait until I've said this so many times and I'm going to keep saying it, but I cannot wait until spring training starts. We get some of these questions answered and we're able to have the media talk with AJ Preller and talk with uh, Mike Schill and talk with some of the other big wigs just to kind of get some information on how things are going to go forward. But again, I fully believe they're going to fill the team. It's not going to come down to the last day and they don't have a left fielder, but you do have Tommy Pham out there. Again, you have jerks and Profar out there. And as cactus man said on the chat, we start the season with Tatis. So that's exciting. It is really exciting. It really is exciting. And McKee said, so Soto missed that walk-off in August against Arizona by six inches, I swear. Then the pods would have been in the playoffs. I don't know about the playoffs, but I do remember. Oh, yes. Well, I don't remember the exact situation. I've learned by this point in time when I'm by myself in the studio, I probably shouldn't rely on my brain. So I'm not going to research it. But I do remember that. And I do remember a lot of people being kind of upset that Juan Soto went for the fences instead of trying to get on base or just drive in a couple guys. And so that's not going to be an issue anymore because he's now with the Yankees. Thanks to everybody who called tonight. Honestly, that was good stuff. And John at the end, uh, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way. So I appreciate talking to people that give me a different perspective. Um, It's like I said, I, I, I don't know why I'm this person, but if someone says one mean thing about me, I want to know why and how I can fix it. And so I appreciate when people 
give me something else to talk about because I could talk about the same thing over and over and over again. Tune in to Kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Analysis from Boomer, picks from Mike, the biggest stories in the league packed into an hour. Friday nights at 7 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan and always live on the free Odyssey app. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. All right. We talked about it during the show earlier, and it was Brittany Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, and they were at the game on Sunday, the AFC Championship. After the game, Brittany and Patrick were walking together. Uh, Patrick's brother, Jackson, was there as well, and you could find this TikTok out there. It's on NFL on CBS, but they're walking by, and they end up, uh, they end up, I guess, passing the camera. Patrick has to go do something, so he needs to leave his family. Brittany is turns around and says something along the lines of um, where do we go now? Kind of like that with her finger twirling. Now I have definitely not been the biggest fan of Brittany Mahomes and I have said so in the past again, the time she sprayed champagne all over the crowd. But in this case, and again, I feel like I'm 150 years old, but I, I, I actually talked to my therapist about this. I said, on the radio, I feel like I'm just the guy who, who yells into the clouds. But I really do feel strongly about certain things. And I feel strongly about blaming someone on social media that doesn't need to be blamed. Now, she probably does not care. She probably is not even paying attention. But some of the comments that I saw on this were pretty ridiculous. And I know that people out there like to comment anonymously because it makes them feel better. But I really am against some of the things that were said in this thing, in this chat or this uh, comment section of TikTok. really, really, really upset me. Like some of the things are just disgusting. And I know that people are going to say what they're going to say, but I, I can't stand for something like this where she actually doesn't deserve to be criticized in this whole thing. Again, she's in a new stadium, and she didn't know where to go, so she was just asking the person to go. But to say that she was on a high horse and to have the, a lot of the internet go and uh, attack her for this, not a fan of that. I don't think she should have been attacked for this, and this goes for everybody. Not a fan of people being attacked for different things that aren't, you know, I guess different things that aren't their fault. Brutus fans says, get off my lawn. I will not. Annabelle says, as much as Patrick's wife sucks, I don't think Brittany did anything wrong in this case. I hate her, and I still didn't think she was rude. So there you go. Someone who hates her still didn't think she was rude. All right. Man, time goes, time flies on this show. What's annoying Scraby today? Let's find out. It's time for the Daily Gripe. All right. Daily Gripe for today in 30 seconds. It's when people at the grocery store, again, usually people, usually people like, um, th- this comes to me in the grocery store or driving or something like that. But when people who have maybe 35, 40 items and they're going through the line and they look back at me before they put anything on the conveyor belt and they see that I only have uh, my broccoli that I'm eating for lunch. I just have one package of broccoli. Uh, I am a little perturbed and my gripe is that they don't let me buy one item versus like 35 or 40. It's going to take you way 
less time to let me go through than it will take for me to wait for you. Anyway, that's my daily gripe. I'm running out of time. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Scraper Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.